looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental, one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no BS, helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things, the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do. No excuses. Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. All right, we are live. Good morning, good morning, Miss Addie. How are you doing today? Good morning, good morning, Mark. I am excellent on this Monday morning and afternoon, wherever it is today as we're speaking. Do we have a delay? That's great. So, yes, we are live, and you're all the way in Puerto Rico, and uh, I'm out here in California. How's the weather out there? Are we good? Is the weather good? We are, we are good, uh, Mark. We have right now winds that are the remnants of Lee passing us by. So this week, uh, the Hurricane Lee is heading towards the eastern part of our United States, the Northeast, which is where I'm from. Uh, originally from Bronx, New York. BX in the house. Any Bronx listeners? Ah, I've been there, done that. And um, and New Haven, Connecticut is my hometown. I lived there for 30 years. So it's a little concerning. But right now, uh, we just have a lot of winds. And always sunny. A lot of winds. Yeah, that's, that gets to be. That's what it is out there. You know, you got to, you know, unfortunately, Puerto Rico has to deal with that quite often. So. Yeah, we're, we're smack dab so, in the middle I'm gonna of the I'm going to go ahead Caribbean. and let you. Yes. Well, that's that's correct. You're right there in the midst of it. So I'm going to go ahead, Miss Addy. I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself, and then we're going to get right into this interview. I welcome you to the show, Beyond the Mat. Look forward to uh, having our chat today and what we're going to learn from you today. I'm looking forward to it. So, Miss Addy, you take it away. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Namaste, everyone here listening to us here today, Mark's audience. Thank you so much. I am Adelaida Nunez Vasquez. In Puerto Rico, we use our two last names to represent the mother and the father of our of our being. So uh, I am 54 years old. I am currently in the industrial hemp uh, business. I am in the housing part of it, the building part of it, the construction part of it. And I'm also in the fashion part of it, where we also have textiles of every kind, every, every feel. And the best part of it all is that my background is 20 years of CBT and MI, which is cognitive behavioral therapies, motivational interviewing. I was uh, dealing with sexual assault crisis in New Haven. I was dealing with welfare back to work. And I also come from a background of recidivism rates being lowered due to Reasoning and Rehabilitation by Dr. Ross in Canada. Wonderful 14 steps, 14 sessions, revamping your mind, your way of thinking, and also the motivational part, motivational interviewing, which I use with all of many of my clients from the past. 
and many of them have come through. But the best part of that, Mark, is that when you become that facilitator and you also take in what you're facilitating, it becomes the best. It becomes the best because then you are the teacher and the master of what you just learned and what you want other people to learn because you're going through it, you're experiencing it. And so I adapted those learnings of the R&R &R and the MI to myself and my current situation at the time. And trust me when I tell you, I would not be here today if I didn't follow those steps and those sessions to become more. So my audience and my groups became more. I think I had a 1% return or 2% maybe, that's too much, returned back to prison for one reason or another after they've attended my groups. And I'm also a bilingual interpreter. Mm. Man, that's, yeah, it's a lot. It's quite a resume, quite a resume of what you got going on. But we, um, we had we had just a small chat right before we came on, and I'd ask you if you're living in Puerto Rico, and you say you're coming up on two years of this now, and you had to make a decision, right, to leave um, children and grandbabies behind. So let's let's dabble into what that looks like, and and why we made that move. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I have uh, 30 years of living in New Haven, Connecticut. Sorry, I get emotional because when I had my second daughter, I always blame my second daughter. I have two daughters, beautiful, beautiful girls, beautiful women, uh, mothers right now. So I have four beautiful grandchildren, not because they're mine, because I love them. Uh, but I wanted a better space to raise my children. And I decided from Bronx, New York, living there, being raised there, not having the childhood that I should have had. And the word should have, I, I use it lightly. Because when you stick to the word should, it almost locks you in like a contract. And it, it really isn't. Life is not a contract. Life is what it is. It's choices. It's things that people make for you when you're young and you're a child. You have no say. And so growing up in the in New York, in the Bronx, um, I wanted a better life for my kids. And when I got pregnant of my oldest daughter, I decided to want country life. I wanted a, a calm life. I didn't want the fast rustle and bustle that Manhattan brings you or Brooklyn or Queens. Hey, what's up, BX? Uh, but at the same time, I wanted something quiet. So I went to New Haven, Connecticut, uh, which is was my residence for 30 years. And looking for something more and wanting something more, I ended up, before that, I ended up coming to Puerto Rico in my teens. And that's where the stash comes in. Because in search of my biological mother, with no clue, no map, no nothing, just probably $35 that I received from a generous donor in New Haven, Connecticut at the time when I was a young teenager, I came to Puerto Rico to look for my birth mother. And that encounter became the most traumatic, yet leading part of my life. And this is why I'm here today, almost two years, living back in Puerto Rico, my birthplace, and looking for that reason for living. Mm. My why. And so... And so, and how is that, how is that going? How is that working? Ooh, it's a, it's a, it's a learning, a learning curve. Uh, 
Are you familiar with the word neuroplasticity? So neuroplasticity. That's a big word. So no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know if it's um something that happens to the brain, but I can be that difficult since I can remember. People always told me, why do you use big words? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> they just come to me. And so neuroplasticity, I wrote a paper on this uh, in my in my college, uh, Gateway Community College in New Haven, Connecticut. Woohoo! Uh, by the way, I'm a college dropout. There's a lot of things that are not on a plus side of my of my resume. And so with neuroplasticity, it becomes new ways to think, new ways to look at things, new ways to. I used to do this this way habitually. And now because I'm in a new environment with new people, with new attitudes, new foods, everything is new here for me. Even mm. though I'm Puerto Rican, I was born here. I even represented my city of birth in Miss Puerto Rico, 1989. It's somewhere in the YouTube, uh, in the YouTube archives of my life. And even with that, it didn't mean a thing. It didn't, it didn't equal being Puerto Rican, it just equaled, I was in a beauty pageant, nothing happened. <laughs> so life went on. And so I went back to the <laughs> States. I went back to New York. I went back to um, Connecticut, to be honest. And uh, I ended up having my first experience being a single mom pregnant. And I had my daughter and I said, okay, so then this is my life. So instead of going to Hollywood, I went to babyhood and uh, it was the best decision I think I've ever made in my whole entire life because it has brought me to where I am today. And bringing this home and finding my roots and looking for myself as a person and not the person that was created when I was living in the U.S. of A. It, it's a, It's a... It's a new feeling. It's, uh, to tell you the truth, it's brand new to me being home. And I, I'm here for a reason. I'm here to bring you, you know, industrial hemp to the eyes of my people, to the islanders of the ones that want to root here, that they want to stay here, that they want to die here. Mm -hmm. Get, gotcha. It's a big deal. So, well, let's dabble into what... Let, Let's let's talk about what is you the terminology. What is industrial hemp? Let's talk about what that is. So industrial hemp, hemp, the plant itself, it's the cannabis sativa cousin, sober cousin. So this is the cousin that you want to take to the bar when you want to get mashed up. This is the cousin that you can take with you everywhere and he will be your designated driver because he is 100% safe. And so the industrial plant of hemp, which now we recognize, uh, I know California has been growing the industrial hemp and hemp for CBD purposes. We, when I looked at it four years ago, Mark, I was like, oh my gosh, I had never heard of hemp before 2018 or 2019, between that, between that time. I always knew about marijuana. Trust me when I tell you, I smoked it in the Bronx. That's where I that's where I learned 420. But 420 wasn't a thing back then when I was a kid. That was a, the back in the 80s. 
but to learn about hemp and learn about the plant and learn what it can do and learn what it has been doing in the past 5,000 years blew my mind. It blew my mind to a point where I was like, what am I doing with my life? This is like gold. This is, I call it oro verde. I call it green gold. Mark, can you see that? I call yes, this green it, huh? gold. But this is the this is the results that I was able to gather and bring with me from a trip that I took to South Dakota a month ago. As a matter of fact, peace out. Let me. I want to shout out CHP Complete Hemp Processing in South Dakota. Hemp Myers and the family, you are in my heart. They process this growing hemp in South Dakota. We have uh, amazing hemp growers out there. And what this can do is convert it into what we call and best known as hempcrete. And known in Europe for about 100 years already, France, Spain, Africa even has one. South Africa just completed a 78 or 74 apartment complex totally made out of this material called hempcrete, better known as. We now want to be able to turn it around and call it hemp line binder because that's exactly what it is. And so with this being said, industrial hemp is a level up that we just got our doors opened in 2019 with the reversal of the hemp growing federally. Uh, the uh, I'm, I'm misquoting here right now, but it, it, it was it was a door opener. And so when I read about it and I saw it, uh, I have all of my tags here in a little in a in a in a S hook. And so my biggest my biggest eye opener was at Yale Business Legal Cannabis Meeting, and I tell you, it was the best fifty five dollars I ever invested in my whole entire life because it has led me to here. Two years later, uh, I was an MC at the Industrial Hemp Opening for Complete Hemp Processing in South Dakota. Like I said, we are opening more processing plants across America. We are we are growing in Pennsylvania. We're growing in South Dakota. We're growing in Ohio. We're actually growing in California, believe it or not. Uh, Pennsylvania, even 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 Washington has taken an eye on us at the USHBA. And so it's it's growing, it's coming. But why hasn't it been done before? Because it was banned. And so the ones that did it under the table, because you already know inventors, they will move forward regardless of what bands are there. Inventors will feel in their heart a fire that has just, you can't even turn it off with with kryptonite you can't even turn it off with kryptonite and so this is carbon sequestering mark to a degree that everything around its atmosphere without quoting any specific details but it is on the ushba.org website everything is on there the icc codes the astm testing everything is on there and so we've gone from oh my gosh we could do this right now with permission to there are many people coming into this, many women are coming into this. 
Good morning. We have we have guests. Oh, I just saw a pop up. Uh, we have many women. Many organizations are opening up. We have women farmers that are growing industrial hemp, and all we want is this little piece of wood that's probably like a baby three to five inches long, and we mix it with some water and some lime binder, lime powder. That's it. That's all the ingredients. It's not a secret. This is not KFC. This is for everyone. Why? <laughs> because the planet needs this carbon to go away. It damages everything it touches. There are buildings that were built 40, 50 years ago, and they are tumbling. There are people suffering because of that structure that we believed in so much in the construction industry that right now we have the alternative to carbon. We have the alternative to, to strength. It, it just It's just that great, and no one's going to believe it. But you just got to see it for yourself. So I'm not here to convince no one, Mark. That's not my job. Someone told me I was a salesperson for this today. Or was it yesterday? They marked it up. And I said, no, I'm not a salesperson on this. I'm a true believer. I put my hands dirty with this. I, I have, I got dirty hands making my own. This is my own hempcrete that I made in July of 2021, thanks to Hempstone with Tom and Jennifer. They were my leaders and instructors on this. There's universities doing projects on this. I am here in Puerto Rico looking for that one person to say, yes, let's go with this plan. Let's go with this project. Let's build a structure of hempcrete in Puerto Rico to see what it gives us at the end. So what? Go ahead. Okay, so let's so let's let's talk to the person that doesn't really even understand that. So tell me exactly what this what what you're holding in your hand. What is it? What is this? What is this going to be capable of doing? What does it do? This is going to be capable of sequestering the carbon that surrounds the inside of a structure, a home. Let's just say it's a one bedroom, kitchen, living room, home, structured, two floors. Let's just say there's two floors, and the walls will be made of this. There's no, there's nothing else. Just the uh, walls are going to be made of this. Now our technology has gone to the lengths of building and patented by the company himself, a brick. So now we can build your house with the bricks or the blocks or even the old traditional way of tampering into two pieces of wood to create your wall. And technically, it was used as an insulator. This insulation will keep out the, the, the heat from the scorching suns that are hitting now Puerto Rico, that many of our schools, not even structures of people that are living in apartments or houses, but I kid you not, when I do not make things up, even our educational structures are suffering this heat that children are not able to learn because they can't concentrate, they can't focus. And so this will keep the heat out of those walls penetrating through. If this was a hemp wall right now, I can retrofit, meaning in a construction way of doing it, I can take maybe half an inch to an, uh, an inch of thick of this wall and take away from this room, but guess what I'm giving myself? A clean space to breathe. 
I could grow plants and herbs in a, in a structured four paneled wall made of hempcrete. There it's made for soundproof. You want a studio? I can make you a soundproof studio, guaranteed that your neighbors will never hear your 100 decibels music of Rolling Stones or, or, or rock or reggae or whatever sounds you want to hear because it is that good. But you can't, I'm like I said, I'm not going to sell this. This sells itself. And for those who don't understand. So, you know, Ray was on here. Ray, Ray's one of my... Uh... So Ray, Ray on here, he said, he's wondering, he's, he's interesting because this is the industrial side that you're talking about. When we're talking about hemp, you're talking about an industrial side and, and how to do something. He's wondering, this does this be expensive going that route? This has okay. to be expensive to go that route. What do you think about that? If you're looking at the expense and not the benefit, then this is not a house for you. Because the benefits outweighs the expense that you spent and put in to invest in your long-term future. These houses last over a hundred years with no repairs, with no falling rooftops in 30 years. Not at all. And Europe has the proof. Interesting. Anywhere in France, anywhere in Spain, anywhere in Europe you want to go to and ask for a hempcrete-made structure through any of the architectural houses that we have out there, trust me when I tell you that they will tell you that those buildings are more than 100 years old and still standing. I'm still Yeah, standing. I've never uh, – yeah, so, so I've – yeah, I've never heard um, – I've never heard this part of – I know that hemp it has a, a textile part to it that you know you can matter of fact i just got a a fanny pack coming in that's hemp made yes uh, that is so that's, cool uh, that yes I absolutely but i understand that there's a textile part of it and so this is all kind of new to me because when you when uh is that yes is that hemp fabric there is that what that is yes it is this is hemp yeah. fabric there are different there mm -hmm. are different uh mixtures of it but we do have it with uh uh, rec, um, rec, what it, recycled poly. This is recycled poly, 55% hemp and 3% spandex. We could do a, an awesome set of pants and shirts with this because it's stretchable material. So kids could use this as a uniform when they're going to school. We have uniforms now for the children, but they, it comes in all sizes, even corduroy. This is, and we have canvas too. So yeah, I, I'm into that as well. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's uh when you know, it, it's hard to have a conversation about this because most of the time when you start talking about hemp and stuff like that, there's two there's two directions it goes, right? There's medicinal purposes, and then there's just like, well, they're just gonna you know they're smoking pot, and that's what it is. So it's it's interesting to have this this conversation, uh, and I want to dabble into the CBD part of it also because I know that in a for a personal side of it. I've used some CBD for my animals, for my dogs especially. Now yes. there is, for those that are maybe not, don't know much about this, there's a, a TCH side and there's a non-TCH side, right? And so Correct. I've used them both in my in in my dog where, you know, if they have a little bit of anxiety, we used it, but it got a little bit sick. You know, they threw up a little bit with the TCH, but the other one without it, 
you can see a difference in them when they get up. And if we have an oil that we can rub on them, um, I can see on my dogs that it's really good for for joint pain. But mm -hmm. since you're in this world, let me ask you some questions because we've got this for ourselves, right? I've gotten this um, CBD for joint pain, but mm -hmm. there's definitely a difference. There's such a big market out there for what this is now. You never know what's pure and what's not pure and what's really working and what's what doesn't work. How do you kind of dial into making sure that you got something quality that's going to work, especially for joint pains? And is this a way to that you see uh, for it to go? I have my own. I just I just started using CBD for joint pain. Um, I'm getting older, and so. I got it directly from the distributor uh, and the maker in South Dakota. And to be honest, when you look at the ingredients, when you look at where it's coming from, it, it should, I would say, in my, in my opinion, it should be tested by an overseer, someone with a lab, a laboratory tested, making sure that someone else says that it's okay, that it's ingestible, that it's topical that it can go through the test because we have to test our CBD no matter what. Um, there's testing done on, on everything, to be honest, but you got to look at what laboratories did they use? Are they credible? What ingredients do they have? And to be honest, we are the consumers. So we make the product or we do not make the product. So for me, this one works wonders. I tell you, I kid you not, this joint right here, if I, I, I think I'm getting arthritis or a touch of arthritis. And so I never really took anything else. And once I put this on there, I cannot believe the fastest way to not feel any pain. I couldn't do this before. I could not. I kid you not. And I am not the one to endorse any product. Mark, trust me when I tell you, I come from New York City. I come from places where, you know, when you endorse, you get paid. No, I don't get paid for, for saying any of this. I speak the truth because I stand on my truth. And I've learned that through my through my my upbringing. I learned that through business. I learned that through through all the teachings that I tell other people. Be honest, even if it's going to hurt. Even if it's just, just be honest. And trust me when I tell you, a lot of things don't work, but this does work on your joints. But look at, look for, you know, what laboratories tested their products. How did their results come back? Because that has to be open to the public. That information is open to the public. So you have, you, you as a consumer should be concerned, where are they making all of this? Just like clothing, just like our fabric. Where are they making this fabric? Are they using safe and, and, and industrial rules and standards for the people? Are they underaging the workers? I would never contribute to a company that uses underage workers. That's not, I want to come from, I want to be a consumer somewhere where it's logical, where it's ethical, where I can relate to the processes and policies that they have and the standards that they stand for. Cause nowadays that's what's coming out in the open, what companies were buying with the brand in the front, but there's always a back office. There's a back office. Where is that back office? You know, is it illegitimate? Is it illegal? Is it mixed with THC higher than 0.3%? Cause remember our hemp has to be 0.3 or less 
in the THC department for it to become anything other than hemp. So I stand wholeheartedly uh, with hemp. And um, yeah, products yeah. out there, you got to be weary. So, about I, so yeah, so I didn't. Yeah, so see, I didn't know that. That's 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 something else I didn't know. I think a lot of this uh, is it has to do with just um, you know what you're gonna look at our like my generations. Let's just see this. So you see that you know the the pot shops pop up all the all the time, right? And and you know that some things are abused. You know they can they can say one thing just to do what what they do. But I'll tell you this: I actually went into my neighborhood one down here. Because I wanted a product. My poor dog was just having such a hard time getting up. Uh -huh. And so I went to the I went to the shop to see if I could talk to somebody. I'm going to tell you, so this young man that was in there, and he was very well versed on what CBD can do, the difference with TCH and not what he felt would be the best. He had, there are several products. He goes, you know, and he he was very educational for me to get something for my dog. Uh, to to kind of put in their in their food, and you can see that there is a visible difference in him when he did it. Now he did say, you know, I got the other one, so when they're a little bit anxious, there's a certain TCH in there that can kind of calm the dog down. Mm -hmm. But when I used that one, I noticed that they got sick; they kind of threw up. Yeah. When I used the one without TCH, I could see that there was, you know, so that 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 little experiment. It was better to, to use the one without it. And my dog isn't super hyper, so it doesn't have that super hyper side to it where where you would, you know, or get anxious when it's got to go to bed or, you know, a dog that gets all fearful when they hear fireworks and stuff like that. So, right. you know, and then he told me that, too. He goes a lot of times around the 4th of July, a lot of people come in for this, uh, you know, an anxiety for their animals. Mm -hmm. But I was really and so I asked him about myself. Right. I said, OK. You know, I'm an older guy. I said, I'm not interested in any TCH of anything at all because I don't want that. I don't ever want to be tested that I have it being with, uh, you know, because I still kind of work with the police department. Right. I said, I don't want to be having this. Uh, and so he showed me product. And he goes, now, if you start taking this, he goes and then he said, you can do half doses of this because what my father does. You know, he has uh -huh. he had a his dad's my age. And for sure enough that I could see that there was a little bit more, uh, I was able to work out a little bit better. I was, I mean, you know, I felt a little bit better. So there's definitely uh, an education process that's not there mm -hmm. because, because there's two sides of an industry, right? There's the one that abuses it because it's just, a, you know, it's just your local pot shop where you can go in and say, yeah, I got glaucoma, so I need to be able to get my pot for the night and 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 do it. Or there's some real medicinal purposes that that help those with maybe uh, chemotherapy and stuff like that. And it's just not talked about uh, the the medical side of things because I think everybody thinks it's just a a TCH thing. And that's just not the case. Is that correct? No, and it really isn't the case. I mean, if you're going to be using the medicinal marijuana in that way, the THC in the medicinal marijuana makes a difference because in a dispensary, if you're going to do a dispensary, because we have to be honest, sometimes we just you know, people just want it and they don't know what they're what they're ingesting. And to be uh, to be scientific, we have 
uh, cannabinoids in our system already. So that that that'll look for each other and it'll click. It'll it'll hang on to each other in when we ingest it or we smoke it or we vape it or however it is. It's getting into our system skeletally, you know. Uh, but the CBD in itself, by itself, it is natural with no hallucinogen because the only thing that THC is, is a hallucinogen. So it gives you that floaty type of feeling where I take, this is my, this is my mint tincture. I have a tincture and I take my mint tincture. I do my, my half of drop in the mornings and I feel that I have control over things, that I don't overthink things, that I have a clearer mind of where I'm going and what I'm doing on a daily basis. And so it has given me the difference. I didn't have this before. And a month into using this, it has given me a lot more than I ever had before even going to the gym. So there's a difference between the medicinal marijuana use and the abuse that others have because they still sell it illegally in the street and it's not clean i would take a dispensary medicinal marijuana any day compared to anything else because i know they watched it i know they 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 know where the farm came from they know where it grew from they know where the lab is from they know they've tested it and so this is what we want we want those tests just like when we go to the doctor and we tell the doctor okay take all these tests and mm -hmm. tell me how i'm doing humanly am i doing fine they're like yep all your levels are great so I rather take it from a dispensary for medicinary purposes, and CBD. Yeah, that's it. Is is an amazing product to be honest, especially for us. Oh, and for our pets too. I have a cat, so I'm about to give my cat some CBD. <laughs> yeah, you know that's where it all started. With is, um, yeah, I saw it make my dog feel better. And so I'm like, okay, well, if the dog's feeling better, I wonder if I feel better. Yes. So, uh, and you know, and, and, and I was real adamant. I said, zero TCH, man. I did not want none of that. So, and, and he explained to me and he showed me several things yeah. and his opinion on what he felt is bad and what, you know, and, and so it was, it was quite an education when you go in there, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, it, you know, that store is very busy that they make a lot of money. Oh, trust store. me. Yeah. But trust is... me when I tell you, if you could take a moment to look into the industry from when it started to where the where we are today, our projections are to 2030 in the billions. In the billions. Mm -hmm. So I yeah, am I, I looking forward to becoming a yeah, millionaire soon. <laughs> That's good. Well, let's talk about something else that you that that, you know, I hear that, you know, you were in Daniela's book on uh, in, in, in the domestic violence. And this is something else that you have quite a heart for. Is that correct? Yes. yes you wrote I a chapter in a book. Yes, I did. Uh, as I was a facilitator for that very thing, I facilitated a curriculum called Moving On for Women Coming Out of Incarceration. And many of the women coming out of incarceration, I saw a trend as to why they had gone to jail. And many of them were in jail for domestic dispute, uh, domestic violence. Many were with stories that were very light, almost like a, like a fight, an argument. And nor in normalities, we take it as it's normal. People argue all the time. It's, it's normal. 
But to be honest, from a facilitator's point of view, it really isn't normal. That is toxic in a relationship. And so when you want to be able to tell them that there's a consequence behind that toxic behavior, well, this is why teaching them and showing them the right way of doing things became one of my missions. So as a facilitator for domestic violence, I then realized I'm living in domestic violence myself. So it doesn't, domestic violence is not the word violence, the way we look at it. Domestic means that it's someone you know, someone close to you, someone within your dom domicile. The violence part, we added that word, and, I, and I've always cringed when I say it. It is a domestic interaction that turns violent. And so the interaction begins with the yelling and screaming and the name calling, and then you just escalate it and escalate it and escalate it. And I realized that I was also going through that same thing. My ex-husband was a law enforcement officer. And so it made it a little difficult for me to say, but wait a minute, we're on this side of the law. But it's unlawful to have a domestic dispute with your partner. So how would you upholding the law the way you are, yet being the perpetrator to this relationship? And I had to get out of it. I had to get out of it. I was in it for a really long time. Uh, I was very lost as a person, as a woman. And being this facilitator and helping others at the same time, like I said, I applied it to myself as becoming the master of my reasoning and rehabilitation, my moving on, my, my motivational interviewing. I took all of that in and I said, oh my gosh, wow. I didn't realize it. Come years later, Nikki Cuesta is our bomb leader, uh, leader and our ladies of leadership leader. And thanks to her and our relationship, she's actually my cousin. Uh, my uncle is married to her mom. They've been together for over 30 years. So hi, Titi. Hi, Theo. Uh, and so through Nikki's lead, uh, ladies of leadership, I met Daniela. And we talked and there was a group of women and I was like, oh my gosh, should I say my story? Should I tell? And I never had done that before, not at this level. And so it was a, a nice connection. Uh, I was able to pick chapter eight and my chapter eight was peace of mind. And that's exactly what I wanted out of this relationship. I just wanted peace of mind. Like I just wanted to be peaceful. I wanted it to be like the white picket fence that I saw growing up in the 80s, darn it. And it wasn't. And it was a big <laughs> shocker to me that life was not what I saw on television. And I left. Uh, I left. I, I saved myself. I went through so much. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how many rock bottoms I was able to touch. But now I wear beach shoes, those, those little shoes that you wear in the beach so that way you don't touch the rocks. I wear those now. And uh, I've been out of the relationship for a really long time. I regained my, my self-respect. I regained my dignity. And through this book, I was able to purge whatever was left 
So thanks to Daniela Roman. Thanks to AMA. Uh, Behind Closed Doors is a third volume. She's now currently working on a third volume. And these are just women who have survived and have leveled to a different place in their lives. And in, as leaders of our lives, we must not ever take abuse from anybody. No, it doesn't matter who it is. No, it doesn't matter the relation. It doesn't matter the political uh, office title. It doesn't matter your position. It really doesn't matter. A human to a human should never abuse another human in any capacity. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's that I agree with that. I think that, you know, we we see a lot. I've I've spoken about this in some of these uh, men groups also, because we see that it's very prevalent in the to talk about domestic violence and for females. But I'll tell you, there's a there's there's another uh, side to that also that males go through. But on a male side, it's just like you just need to shut up about it because, uh, you know, you, you talk about stuff like that. You kind of look weak. So, you know, and that's there's, the stigma, Mark. There's that. There's just a side of. That's right. It is true. That is the stigma. Yeah, that's the you know, stigma to tell you is, to be honest. Definitely on the. My groups, the groups that I was running, I wasn't really running groups for women. I was running groups with men. I ran groups with men who did 20 year bids. 30-year bids. And they turned their lives around to me, the odd one out. I know nothing about their backgrounds. I've never stood a day in their shoes. I didn't understand their lingo. But what I did get was that they all were emotionally deprived of expression. And so with that comes frustration. And out of frustration comes your behavior, which becomes your act whether you do it positive or you do it negative, it's still an act within yourself. So the group of men, to be honest, many of them turned their lives around. Many of them uh, gave their, uh, their relationships another opportunity. I had a chance for them to come back to me and tell me little changes here and there. And I probably, like I said before, I lost about one or 2% back to the prison because of the way they were thinking. But but I actually catered this R and R and MI to my my male folks. So trust me when I tell you, express yourself, babes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that's a super hard um, that's a super hard pill for for males to follow to uh, uh, you know express themselves. You know what I mean? It's it's in our world especially. You know, when I went through a divorce and how how I went through it 20 years ago, I remember the anger that, you know, and especially type A men like myself, you know, a very type A type of personality that if I didn't get my anger under control, mm. it's going to control me. And so I, I, I went to a six-month anger management class to okay. try and figure out how to uh, put this uh, elsewhere, you know what I mean, how to do that. And I'll tell you, when I went there, there's a lot of them that are mandated by court that they had to do this. Yes. And 
so and I'm not a big uh, I don't really like sitting around uh, a group of of guys on, you know, most men don't like to sit around and sing Kumbaya and tell everybody their woes and, and their stories. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you this, man, when I was sitting there, I'm like, man, I'm mild compared to some of these guys. Holy smokes, man. These guys were on another level of anger. You know what I mean? And so, uh, um, I said, you know, I, I was like, man, uh, if I don't have this under control, I could be this next if I'm not careful. And so I remember that I remember doing that myself because I had children and I had a, a business that I, that I built and I had children watching me and I was super angry. It was not fun to be around and I was, and I'm dangerous because I could do th- you know, because of my training and I didn't want that to mm-hmm. change my, my life's trajectory because of what I would be capable of doing to mm-hmm. somebody. So I did that. On, I did that on my own. It's interesting that, you know, you're the second uh, female I've talked to that when they talk about these groups that you have a, a group of men that you talk to, it's interesting to me that you, you, I, I don't know, I get, maybe you come to come to it in a different perspective when you sit with a group of men, I'm not really sure. Cause you're coming to it from the female perspective. I, I, I don't know how, how did you, how did you communicate with that? how did you communicate with these guys? I, I don't, I don't take it on a view of judgmental. I keep my judgments and my expectations to a minimum or, or, or a none to a lull. I learned that I, also have the skill to empathize and the empathy is huge when you are faced with these egos because these egos are huge and big let me tell you they they took their time building these and so when you are and it's so funny how i heard you say and it's it's very common because they all said the same thing many of my many of my clients were mandated by court so it's either that or go back to jail and so the choices mm-hmm. there were very yes. minimal to, Absolutely. I don't Absolutely. have a choice. There's a ton of them too. That I don't have a choice. I have to go. Okay. So they show up. First of all, I I was trained to deal with resilience and resistance. I roll with the punches. I roll with you, baby. Absolutely. You know why? Because behind your no and behind your resistance is a judge waiting for you to say, I'm back. So what is your better choice? Stay here and hang out with me for seven weeks or go back to jail. And so I put it back in their court to either comply or don't comply. Because to actually, to tell you the truth, I love where I'm at. I don't have to be here. I can just call out tomorrow and have somebody substitute for me. And so when I gave them an approach, when I learned how to maneuver the ball back into their court and serve it to them as a choice of, you know what, I really want to stay. By the time my groups got to level 12, and we have 14 sessions, they didn't want to go. They actually wanted it extended. They wanted to call the judge and tell them, can I come back? Most of them told me, can I give this to my girlfriend? Mark, mm. I don't know if I was picked, chosen. Interesting. But when I was doing these groups, it was it was a really great way to understand that, 
you know, men, we all have emotion. It's not a male or female. It's an emotion. It's, it's, it's sexless. Emotions are sexless. And so what we do with them makes them feminine and, and, and male. What we tend to do with our emotions, I don't know if it was Darwin who said it, we all have a dark side. I'm sorry to tell you, but we're all born with both sides. The side that we choose to encourage and nurture is the side that we live off of. And I, we could sit back and reflect and say, you know what? I'm really happy I chose that side. You said it yourself and I picked it up as a jewel. I don't know, it's just embedded in me, but you picked it up yourself because when you did go and realize, see self-realization is the very first step to your self-relationship. And when you realize that your anger was getting the best of you, that you saw there was a pattern and you came to that realization that Mark told Mark, either you get yourself straight or you're going to lose what you got. You took yourself to a six month program. You took yourself yes. to yeah, that, that, men yeah. that sat around and did not want to sit there and talk about their problems. But that is the problem. The the, uh, the what is it? The uh, the apprehension. The thought itself is like, what? That's preposterous. I could never be in a group of men talking about my emotions and feelings. Are you crazy? And so there <laughs> it becomes male and female. But other than that, emotions are sexless. And so you took the right road. You chose your family. So that's a commitment you made to your family. You chose them. Same reflection where I'm at. I chose my family, even though I left them behind. I chose my family to come here because this is where I want to build for my family. And as a cancer, colon cancer survivor, thank you, Father God, for my second opportunity. I will now not ever take advantage or granted, not that I did before, but now I do it with more, with more position, with more intent uh, to be able to give more to and leave to my children before my time is up physically, because I know spiritually I'll be around for years. Yes, definitely. I, I agree with that too. I'll definitely be around for years. So you're telling me that you also, um, you had a bout with cancer that you beat. Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, in 2020, we got the layoffs. We got, we got the COVID, we got the stay at home type of thing, but I had always gone through IBS and, and just issues with the colon and the stomach. Uh, and then I'll, I was ignoring it for a while. I have a high tolerance of pain. I don't know if other people do, but I know I could be with pain for like a long, long time until I finally say, okay, I, I'm done. I, I have to do something about this. And so 2020, I was laid off. I was at a, a television station in New Haven, Connecticut. Shout out to Citizens TV. That was my first uh, debut as a, as a producer. And uh, so we got laid off. Uh, I stayed home with like stomach pains and stomach problems. And in July, I went to Yale New Haven Hospital. I went to go get checked and nothing came of it because in the same time and space, I don't know, remember when I told you earlier that I came to Puerto Rico to look for my biological mom? In that same space, yes. my sister came and she says, hey, uh, we got news from the doctors that mom got COVID in the hospital in Florida. And I said, oh, okay, all right. So what do we do? What, I mean, what are we doing? And she said, well, we have to go there. 
And I said, we have to go there. I said, okay, so then what do we do? Let's, let, what, let's do this. And so my sister came over, she did the arrangements. We spoke to the hospital. The hospitals told us uh, we could come in on the 7th of August. And they were, and then we called them, they called us back the next day and said, no, you need to be here before the 1st of August. So we were able to go out there. Eventually that week of August of 2020, she passed away. And I thought nothing of it. I knew I was doing these processes with my sister. So I took on the responsibility and that was all I was focused on. So other than the pain I was feeling, like I said, I have a high tolerance of pain. I wasn't thinking of the pain. I was thinking of what am I doing here? What do I have to do? I'd never done a funeral before. I've never done burials before. I've never done anything before. And so this was a new experience for me, especially dealing with my biological mother. Uh, we had her cremated and uh, signed off the certificate. We took the cremation box to Puerto Rico, where her last wish, my sister said, was to be buried in her hometown, which is where I was born, in Calle, Puerto Rico. And so in Calle, Puerto Rico, that's where she's residing right now in the uh, old cemetery. And when I came back, you know, that gave me nostalgia. That gave me, that gave me thought, deep thought. I never had it before, ever. And so after we buried her here, it was a very deep rooted, come on, like a pull. It was almost like a like a soulful pull to say, listen, you need to come back to Puerto Rico. And so I did that. I said, yeah, I'm going to move back to Puerto Rico. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. I made, I was decided Like I went through stuff in my head and I was decided. And my pain in December got to the point where I was close to 123 pounds. I was very, I pulled and pale. And one of my best, best friends, her mom has a house here. And she invited me over that weekend. And she says, girl, you don't look good. Now she, this is one of my girls from Connecticut. And she goes, you don't look good. And her mom was like, yeah, you don't look good. And I said, yeah, I have this pain right here on the, on the right side of my hip, underneath my hip bone. But I really don't know what it is. And it feels like a ball. They were like, you need to go back to New Haven. You need to go back to the hospital. You need to go get checked. Mark, I had forgotten about me and my health when that happened with my mom and Puerto Rico mm -hmm. and helping her go through the process. I still haven't grieved her loss and it's going to be three years. So it's been three years. But when I got back to New Haven, I went straight to the hospital from the airport. I did an MRI. A doctor called me the next day after looking at the MRI. I had an appointment December 18th with uh, the oncologist in New Haven, Connecticut. I uh, got a biopsy that day. December 23rd was my Christmas gift and it was positive for cancer, colon cancer. And the very next words coming out of my mouth was, what's next? Mm -hmm. What's the next step? And grateful that I'm here. I am my second birthday is January 11th, uh, 2021. And um, yeah, oh, I survived awesome. colon cancer level two, stage A or stage two level A. And it was the most, it's, it's an experience to tell you the least, but that's another show, Mark. <laughs>
It is. You know, I, I was, you know, there's a lot to unpack with you, man. You're a, a, a special, a special woman. It, it's, it's, it's been fun kind of, you know, there's a lot of things on this interview. I've let you talk a lot. Cause I just, you know, I'm kind of, you've opened my eyes a little bit to an industry that, you know, has stigma attached to it. You know what I mean? I'll be honest, you know, even when I was like, and I'm like, man, what are we going to talk about today? Cause you know, this pot thing can go two ways, right? It can go two two avenues. Right. And I knew that I wanted to have a little bit more because I've experienced, I've experienced uh, it helping. Um, you know, Ivy's on here too. She says, dang, here in Lesbridge, you have canceled a life-changing moment as she went through that herself. I'm going to get Ivy on my show. I'm telling you, man. She's yeah, another, she's, she's incredible. A, she's another powerhouse <laughs> female. That's my girl. <laughs> we see each yeah, other. I've had some awesome, day. I've had some awesome. Yeah, I've had some. Yeah, it's been good. I've had some awesome female guests on here, man. It's been, it's been good. I, I'd like to unpack it a little bit more because I keep hearing through our, our throughout our our interview today is like I, it, it's spotty here and there, right? I'm like, what is the deal with the internet? I don't know if it's on my side or your side, and and so I want to listen through it again and make sure that we have something very clear because I think we I, I'd like to have another uh, another portion with you because especially when it comes to cancer, you know. I lost my nephew, my, my, my sister's middle son, who's a firefighter. We lost him to cancer three, three years ago. And it was, it was a devastating, a devastating loss. And, you know, it, that, that, you know, it's still, it's still like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then, to, you know, to listen to you, I, I'd like to hear what the, the next side of it, the next side of it was. Cause you know, each, everything we talked about could be a whole show. Uh, oh, dealing yeah. with anger because I, I'd like to dabble into into the female side of that. We always talk about men's anger issues, but we never talk about it. There's female angers, you know what I mean? Yeah, especially Puerto Rican women and chancletas. <laughs> Watch the chancletas because they they have they they are what the what is it that we had the boomerang when the boomerang yeah. was invented? They copied that off the chancleta in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Amelia said the same thing. Gotta see? watch those Puerto see? Rican. We take a like. That's what he said. It's <laughs> funny. So this this was a great hour. <laughs> this was an awesome hour for me. I I look forward to that. If you're up for it, I am. I'd like to put you on the calendar again. I'd like to I'd like to dabble in just a, a few more a few more things with you. You up for the, you up for that with me? Yeah, absolutely. I am honored to be asked again uh, to be oh, on man. here. I, I yes. had a great time, and um, yeah, yeah. I hope your audience did too. It's good. You know, now that we've had a little bit of a talk, I, you know, I'll process this show a little bit more because I think I'd like to dabble into some of the questions a little bit more now that I've, you know, I've got to talk to you a little bit. I, I'd, I'd really, uh, I'd really like to, to un- unfold, unpack some more stuff. Sound I good? Would be, I would be honored. Yeah, I, I had, a, yeah, yeah, I had such a, <laughs> yes, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was really good, man. I really, I really, uh, was educated. Matter of fact, I, you know, I, ha- I, it's, it's funny, these shows that you, you know, cause in my mind, I'm like, man, I got to get focused. I got to get focused because all weekend I've been dealing with Ashley, you know, this, you know, I didn't get home till late last night. We finally got to see her out of surgery, you know, which makes you, you know, feel better once that, once, once I got to see her that, 
okay, yeah, she she's a little warrior. She's going to get out of this no problem. Absolutely. And then you know it's a big letdown on the way here, and I and I'm st- and I'm trying to get focused on the show, and I'm like, and then it turns out to be just just one of the good ones, right? One of the awesome ones. And of course, it's a spotty internet when it's a really good one. It's just you know this is just life is just such a whack. It is. It's fun though. It's fun. It's it fun to go through that. Um, so. one question for you, Mark. Let me ask you something. <laughs> it, it, it is. So you're saying that the mm. young lady that's in the hospital, she's your student? Ashley Sage is one of my main, main instructors here. One of my main females here. She's a, a, a huge leader. She's 24. She lost her mom to cancer three years ago. She takes care of a 28-year-old older sister that has extreme um, autism and special needs. And she has a younger sister. So these three girls are all together on themselves and you know, she's kind of the, uh, the rock that keeps things together. And I've kind of taken on that dad role ever since, you know, mom's been gone. I've, I've, I've taken on that role of, of being like her father. Wow. And so there's a lot of things to unpack when it, when it, when that happens, but yeah, that's who she is. I'm so happy that you are there. She's, she's, that, that, that you're there because when we become that leader, when we become that dependent upon person, it isn't easy for us to receive help from others or ask for help from others because we take on that leadership mm-hmm. role that we can do it all our own. And so you being there, ooh, you being there has given her more level up with her own thinking that has brought her through where she's at today because her martial arts training, her endurance, taking care of her sisters, taking on these roles that has made her strong mentally and physically. And now spiritually probably because she has time now to kind of figure out where is she going? Perhaps life has been talking to her and she's not listening. And this may be a wake up call for something that she needs to We've had yes, we definitely yes that we've definitely had we've definitely had that so we've definitely had that talk so I appreciate it yeah that was really good I appreciate the hour Addy super uh, super fun I look forward to our next go around all right all right let me know what's up have Have a a good one awesome day in Puerto Rico yes we'll see you soon gracias (laughs) Bye -bye. bye 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 bye. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.